I know what this man thinks. Uh, he's going to be happy that I got a haircut, Andy. <laughs> it's Coach Sal, John Salavantis, joining us for some pregame salutations. And uh, Coach Sal, uh, not a big game, but a big game for some players, certainly. Uh, last preseason game to make an impression to your coaches. Well, Louis, you're right. you're absolutely right, and I am pleased that you got a haircut. <laughs> that was a good deal. <laughs> but but great. really, Andy already hit on on the real key for tonight's game, and that that is for those people. Uh, let me let me give it to you this way: the position coaches have in mind those who are solid choices already, and those who are possible. Now, uh, what they want to do and what they need to do in this game is those guys who are possible need to get on the field and play so the coaches can make a decision on that. You know, it goes it goes back to potential and upside. The potential part is a guess uh, that the player could play using measurables like height, weight, speed, background, etc. The upside is the tangible you get when you put them on film and game action. And that's where it really is important for the young guys who are trying to beat uh, this football team. Not only uh, if they don't make this team, they're on film for other teams to see. Yeah, that, and that's what Andy said. I mean, these guys, they, they know that, you know, it's, it's not the end of the line if they get cut, but they also know it is a huge setback. Specific positional battles. We talked about kicking. What outside of that are you looking at in this game, Coach? Well, you know, I go back to uh, Don Matthews, uh, and Don Matthews taught me a long time ago, uh, in these preseason games, what you want to do is you want to start your offensive game with your number two quarterback for a quarter. Then bring in your number four quarterback for uh, the remainder of, the, of a quarter. In, in the defensive side, you want to start your number two defense to start the ball game. Uh, uh, for a quarter, and then mix in those other possible guys we're talking about. And in so doing, what you're doing is you're putting them under the lights immediately. You're getting a look at the young guys uh, with their first game action against an opponent. And your, your second half, then you just flip it, and you start your number one quarterback. You go a quarter with him, and as soon as he's in a rhythm, and you feel comfortable with them, then then you move on to uh, mixing the other players in. And at the same time, you start your, your number one defense for a quarter, then mix the others in. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of players, uh, especially at linebacker and D-line, that I feel like those are might be the positions that I I seem to think that are the you know the toughest decisions and how do you you know how do you ensure that you get enough film of all those bubble guys on those two positions you think special well, teams will play a big part of that well yeah special teams obviously will be the the key for those guys because uh, as you well know Andy the rookies are going to make it based on their special teams play uh, they may not get very many opportunities in the ball game uh, as a as a defensive player, but they'll get many opportunities in the kicking game. And we already talked about the punters not being, uh, you know, that great last week. They need they need a lot of cover guys, and this this really separates uh, some of the people uh, who will make the team based on special teams play. 
Uh, the stars are out here at the University of Guelph as uh, we see Pinball Clemens here in front of us, but not to be outdone, I see a man in a yellow hat who I, who I am assured is, uh, is Bob Young, the caretaker. So a great, here, great afternoon, evening here at the University of Guelph Alumni Stadium. Uh, Coach, just making an impact in a game like this, how do you elevate your game without you know, costing your team? Because it is a fine balance. You, you have to do everything right, but you also want to make an impression on your coaches, like you said. So how do you balance that for a young player who's all hyped up who might be getting the start for the first time? Well, that's difficult to say because it's all individual. Each player has to uh, go his own uh, speed, his own way. Uh, and if he tries to get outside of himself, uh, he'll make some errors. So realistically, what it, what it amounts to is, you know, give it your best effort. Uh, you've already been through training camp. They've already filmed you every day that you were there. Uh, they know what you can do possibly uh, uh, in a ball game, but they don't know exactly until you get into the action. So give it your best shot. Uh, you know, try to relax and, and play the game the way it's supposed to be played. Coach, from the, from the coaching perspective, how much of this game is, are you calling so that everyone gets a fair chance to show what they can do on the field? And how much are you trying to, uh, you know, make sure you're progressing your calling so that you're ready for next week and, and, uh, and, and you know, trying out your offense? Well, Andy, you well know that going into Saskatchewan is not an easy task at any time. And so you're going to have to, uh, in this game, your number ones have got to be able to put together some of their game plan ideas that they're working for. And, and that's the progression in your offense and your defensive schemes. But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, you're balancing the fact you're a receiver. And, and you know this, in a game like this, you may only get one ball thrown your way. You may not ever have another opportunity in the ball game uh, while you're there. So you've got to make the best of it. And, and still the coaches, from their perspective, have to be ready to play. Now remember, uh, Toronto can take a whole different tact on this because they have a bye in the first week. Hamilton has to travel to Saskatchewan to play a very tough football team. Coach Sal's on the line with us here on Tiger Cats pregame, presented by Journey Rewards. Louis B and Andy Fantuzer are still about 45 minutes away from kickoff, and I can let you know that uh, I don't see number nine out there, so it looks like uh, Dane Evans will not be starting. So that brings me to this question here, Coach. Is there a competition for the number two spot, or do you think it's Matthew Schultz right now? Well, I think there's there's got to be a competition uh, between Schultz and Thornton. Uh, the fact is that that they have to uh, they have to compete for that second and third spot. Yeah, and I, I what you what did you see on tape from from Morton from Schiltz uh, last week, and and how do you expect them to translate what they did last week and through a week of practice and being the guys to start this one? Well, you know the coaches obviously sat down with the match of the game, pointed out the errors uh, of their ways, and pointed out the good things that they did. And, you know, they, they want to build on those good things. So uh, Tommy Condell will have to sit with them after this game and say, did they improve in the areas that we talked about? Coach, I always love hearing your perspective uh, when it comes to the, the battle at the line of scrimmage. 
from from watching last week's game, um, what are some things you're kind of looking for, uh, areas of improvement for the offensive and defensive line? Well, first of all, you know, uh, to me, uh, I would really like to see uh, uh, Chris Manziel only get a few snaps in the ball game. He doesn't need to get out there and, and do a whole lot. Neither does Revenberg. So that gives the uh, secondary or second people a chance to play. I think Fontana has to show in this game that he's improving uh, in order to take that spot. And uh, Sackley, I'd like to see him change him over to the left side and see what he can do as a left tackle. I, I understand he's more comfortable on the left side. But overall, you know, uh, the, maybe mix him up a little bit. If, if you're a guard, can you play the left guard uh, as well as the right guard? So, you know, right-hand, uh, second-hand uh, type play where, you, where you're, uh, you're forced to uh, move your steps and, and uh, do things a little differently. See how versatile these guys might be. Now, Coach, do you do, would you pull that on a player on on uh, on on purpose without telling him? I, I know I know as a receiver, you you know you could be playing, for instance, the Y position all training camp, but then all of a sudden you come in the game and and you're at W or X or something. Um, would that be a curveball you want to throw on purpose and see how much they have been studying and how and how they respond? I never did it that way, Andy. Uh, the way <laughs> I did it was during practice uh, when we were. Uh, practicing for our defense, our own defense, I always shuffled my offensive linemen. If you were a left tackle, you became a right tackle. If you were a guard, you know, we flipped you to the other side. In this way, they got used to it. Uh, but I, and going into a game, I never wanted to throw a curveball at the guys. Obviously, it happened during games uh, when someone got hurt because we only suited up five offensive linemen. So uh, somebody got hurt. Uh, you might make three three changes in the line to get your six man in. And we've seen how important it is to have versatility on the offensive line just from last season. And I'm really curious to see how those Americans at that left tackle spot uh, look because like we have talked about, Sal, uh, Coach, we, the, you can go five Canadians at the offensive line if, if you want and if you can, and I think that's what they're going to be looking for here. Uh, Coach, always appreciate checking in with you. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, you guys have a great game, and uh, I'll talk to you soon.